Changing Pace podcast. Well, and I'm sure that, you know, dude, like, just being completely honest, man, like, I've, I've wanted you to come on the podcast for... I mean, since I've started it. Yeah. <laughs> and and just so you know, and I'll welcome everybody because we're going to jump right in, but welcome to the Changing Pace podcast. It's been a, a few weeks, man. I've been swamped. Uh, past year, I have had zero work except for podcasting, which I'm super grateful for. Yeah. But my traditional line of work, um, event production is back and it's been nonstop. So that's exciting. I miss a few weeks and I want to apologize to everyone listening, but dude... If you are listening to my podcast, you know that I'm very protective about the people that come on this show. And from the very beginning, it, there was always one guy in mind. I'm like, dude, I got to get this guy on my podcast. And I'm sure when I first reached out, you're like, who is this cat? Who is this guy? You know, but uh, uh, I started following you because I did a podcast with Rob and Dana um, with Heavy D, Dave yep. Sparks. Yep, Dave's yep. my best friend. I've known him since I was... 18 moved to Utah. I moved into his neighborhood. And so when they came on the show, I was like, dude, these people are like some of the best, just down to earth, humble. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty anti like ego, you yeah. know? And so I, I, I've met a lot of people even who have been connected with Dave. Yeah. Well, I have no interest in talking to, or, you know, hanging out with. Yeah. And then I meet people like Rob and Dana and you. And so this is Dan, a.k.a. the Rasta Runner on Instagram. Yeah, and he is one of the most interesting people on Instagram. <laughs> There's very few people that I, like, follow religiously and, and, like, always curious on what they're doing. You're that guy for me, man. That's awesome, man. What a good intro. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate that acknowledgement. Well, the uh, the honest truth is having you come to my home to come to my studio with the busy schedule that you have, and especially after the weekend you've gone through, uh, is is a is an honorable thing for me. So thank you for being here. Thank Most you for being definitely. on the show. Thank you for coming to my home. And uh, I've got a lot of other things to thank you for. Well, I feel welcome, man. Just even even walking into the studio where you weren't even uh, when I first got here. You were in the house. I came in. The lights are on, reggae music's playing. I've got I've got the red, gold, and green in the background here. It just felt right. Like the the vibe was right from the beginning, man. So I just feel right at home. I wanted this to be like you'd walk <laughs> in and be like, Yeah, I feel comfortable Hell here. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I've even got like the, the lights down here, man. I'm I'm right where I need to be right now. So I'm I'm grateful to be here with you too. Yeah. So um let's break it down. You're from Montana. Yeah, I'm, I've been in Montana um, full time since 2009. But like, if we go back a little bit further, yeah, I spent the first 17 years of my life in another state. Before I moving. didn't know this. Yeah, yeah where, yeah. where at? So I was I was born in Los Angeles. Okay. And I spent the first 17 years of my life in California, on the coast in a, in a small town called Santa Maria. Okay. So Santa Maria is a coastal town. It's uh you know maybe an hour north of Santa Barbara. And, um, it's Santa Maria is actually like a, a pretty rural area. You know, it, it's known for it's, it's produce, it's fields, it's wineries, vineyards, like the, it's, it's a lot of agriculture. It's not there. what you expect when you hear California. Right. Everybody thinks like LA or, you know, city, but, uh, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in country. And, um, when I, when I left California, I was 17 years old and we kind of got pushed out of California by way of some budget cuts in the school district where my mother worked. 
and we had uh, my uncle, her brother, who lived in Montana. And we had been coming up in the summers and in the winters, so we kind of had an idea of what Montana life was like. And so when my mom lost her job, my uncle was like, well, why don't you just come up here and live with us? So um, the summer of my junior year of high school, after that year had ended, my mom picked my little brother and up, my little brother and I up, and, and we moved to Montana on a whim. So I spent my first full school year uh, as a senior in Montana. I didn't know that. I yeah. here I thought you well, I know that you rode bulls. Yeah, man. Which we'll get into. Oh, yeah. Like country, <laughs> so that makes sense coming yeah. from. I, I've I've ridden my motorcycle along the coast of California, you know, southern to the northern part, and I actually grew up in Southern California. Oh, R- cool. Rancho Cucamonga. Oh yeah. You know where that is? Of course. Have you ever heard of a little town called Altaloma? Uh, I've never heard of it. No, it's it's near Rancho Cucamonga. Okay, very cool. But that's was, where I grew up. I was actually just watching uh, <laughs> next There's Friday. A movie. That's it. I was watching yeah. next Friday last night actually, because it's set in Rancho Cucamonga, man. And I don't know for anybody that's listening or or has seen that movie. There's just so many, so many one liners in that movie yeah. and so many funny scenes, man. But anyhow. put us on the map. I bet. But uh, shout out to Ice Cube for that. Rancho Cucamonga and Santa Maria, I'm sure, are a little bit different. But I thought you were from Montana. But you're from Montana. Yeah. You rode bulls. Yeah. You're Mexican. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Your man. heritage is Mex- is, yeah. is from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, uh, I don't know how you say it. How would you describe the Rastafari yeah, so roots? I'm, I'm part of the Nyabingi order of Rastafari, which is based out of Kingston, Jamaica. So Rastafari is uh, is several things. It's there's several different sects to Rastafari. There's the Nyabingi order. There's the twelve tribes of Israel. Uh, there's several different ways uh, to to be Rasta, and so I'm part of Nyabingi, which is probably the oldest and most recognized sect of it. And if you're not watching the podcast, if you're listening, you also have dreads. And how long are you dreads? My shoot, man, I, I've I've been growing my locks now for like over eight years, and they're they're actually down to like they're actually down past my butt now. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty long, man. They're pretty full long, commitment. Man. Yeah, a lot of patience, man. A lot of time, you know. I mean, I, I feel like when I first had them, you know, I first well, actually when I first had it. I didn't even have intentions of locking my hair. I was just growing my hair out because, you know, for my entire life, uh, I, I was playing sports. I was playing football specifically, and having a, a full head of hair was difficult because, you know, it just got hot under a helmet, you know. So I guess when my, my career in football ended, I'm like, well, let me try something different, you know. And so started growing my hair out, started uh, looking into alternative ways of living my life, and, and I found Rastafari. And although I didn't have intentions of locking my hair at that time, you know, I really just connected with that way of life. And so when something kind of tragic happened in, in 2013, um, I found more and more spiritual connection to Rastafari. And, and that was kind of like the, the point where I chose to actually lock my hair and like really go down that path. Yeah. So, so far bull riding <laughs> grew so- up in the country. Uh, Rastafari yeah, culture. Yeah. Uh, you have been uh, on the Ninja Warrior yeah, man. show. Yeah. And most recently, which was just, I think, last two weekends ago or last weekend. What was it? So we're talking about Bryce Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. So Bryce Canyon today, Sunday, was eight days ago. 
eight days ago, mm-hmm. you ran a 100 mile. Uh, well, I did 53. 53. Yeah, yeah. 53 mile through Bryce King. Yeah, man, and that was that was a good race, man. Uh, in Montana right now, you know, temperatures are like 40 to 50 degrees, you know, and I I cracked out in Bryce Canyon, and it was 80, 85 throughout wow. the day. And you know, that may not sound like a lot, but when you're when you've trained only in 40 to 50 degree weather. 80 85 can feel like you're in a furnace you know and it For really sure. was that so uh bryce canyon man it was it was hot there was a ton of elevation but that was a, a wonderful race man shout out to utah because southern utah is amazing you know i travel uh when i'm doing events i travel all over the country yeah. and i've got to see basically every state you know what i mean and i've experienced like you know everything like new york city you know, to the country, to South Dakota, all these different places. And every time I come home, I have more appreciation for Utah. 100%. And so many people that live here, they hate on it, man. And I'm like, dude, are you guys freaking crazy? Do you realize how many national parks we have? Do you know how many things that we we have in this state? I was down in Coral Reef. I took a motorcycle trip down there, and I was hiking, and I asked someone to take my picture, and they spoke French. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'll ask somebody else, right? And the guy was from, I think, like Japan. And nobody spoke English. And I'm talking to these people. I'm like, dude, there are people that travel from all over the world to yeah. come to our state, you know, yeah. to see the beauty and enjoy the things. So I really like Utah. Yeah, you know, Montana's the same way in, in that regard because uh, what I realize is that there are so many people who have never even visited Glacier National Park. Right. Which is literally half hour from my house and like a national treasure it's it's an absolute gem i watch your stories of like your like your runs up there and your hikes and i'm like in absolute just like awe of the things that you get to like see every day you know we've got to slice that here but like watching that i'm like man i gotta get to montana yep you know it's a gift for sure you know And, and the cool thing too is uh, there's so much history in in glacier park specifically because uh it has been the home to the native people for thousands of years. The Blackfeet people that originated in Canada that made their way down south into Montana into the Glacier National Park area before it was even a park. Um, so there's just so much history there, you know. And and I, I mean, I could sit here and talk with you about Glacier Park all day, man, because that's that's where my heart's at. But Montana's a special place, and I, like I want to come up there. Yeah, please do, man. It would it would blow you away. Because Montana, like Utah, uh, people people will save for an entire year or more to come visit Utah, to come visit Montana. And it's still crazy to me to think that we have people in our states that have access to these resources every single day, yet never come. Yeah, so the one good thing with coronavirus last year was I moved to Highland, Utah, yeah. very, very specifically for American Fork Canyon. It has always been one of my favorite places on earth. Tibble Fork is up there. It's pretty cold water. I go swimming up there. I've got a spot on the river that we've dug out rocks and we've made little areas for ice bass. I sit in ice bass up there. But my goal was like, I'm like, dude, I've got nothing to do this year. I mean, I'm working, I'm, I'm hustling, I'm doing my best. But I'm like, I've got a lot of time to ride. I'm like, I'm going to know every square inch of every trail on this mountain. And that's what I did last year. And you could blindfold me, you can take me in a helicopter, and you could drop me off there anywhere. Yeah. And I'll be like, all right, this is where I'm at. I know how to get back home. Yeah. And so. that's that's so special, too, because you you develop a, a better, greater, deeper relationship with the land. And, and I think that that's something that's 
you know, for those that may live in the city or may not have that connection to nature anymore, it's one of those things that even in Rastafari is just, it's such held in such high regard because having that connection with the land is like where we, we really started. And that's why I love Glacier Park so much is because I get that one-on-one time with the boss, you know, mother nature. And, and, and that's just like one of the, the greatest things ever. Yeah. And I, I feel that cause I've got this, <laughs> if, if they ever try to develop that Canyon, I will burn their buildings down. I will slash their tires. I 100%. will, I promise I will do everything in my power to stop any kind of development. They, they put a beach in up at the lake up there. Um, like a, a year or two ago. Yeah. Which is cool because more people come up and, you know, get to enjoy it. But it also is, you know, become somewhat of a beach. Yeah. And so people, I mean, I, I think I picked up like a broken canopy, bags and bags of trash up there. And so it's yeah. cool to see people enjoying it and seeing families up there. But it's also become a lot more, you know, popular and busy. Yep. And with that comes, you know, the trash and you know, loud music and stuff that kind of takes away from it too, you know? Yeah. And, and we see that in Montana too, because, uh, with COVID, um, people are realizing that city life may not be, uh, what the, the end goal is, or at least we like started to rethink about what is important in our life. And and we started to see an influx of people that come, that came to Montana and are still coming to Montana, much like Utah. And with that comes people that just don't know, don't know the rules. They don't know the ropes, you know? So when they visit these national parks or these, these natural resources, they don't know how to act. And I think that, uh, on one hand, it's frustrating because we, we know how to handle ourselves. We know how to take care of the land. Um, but on the other hand, now that we have new people in the area, I think that it's our responsibility to educate them, to make sure that they, they treat the land as well as we do so that we have it for, you know, more years to come. And so I, I think that's on us to make sure that they know, they know how to act. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something and this is kind of what I was like building up to. And the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is, uh, you know, kind of what's important in life. Right. I, the one thing that I've noticed in following your page and, and, and frankly, like Rob tagged you in a post and that's how I started following you. But the reason why I connected is because I've been on like this fitness journey, right? Yeah. Um, I never really took care of myself. I had a stint where it started with a boxing match. I had my first boxing match and I blew out my my knee. I snapped my ACL, tore my MCL meniscus, had surgery. And then after that, I smashed out these front teeth. Three days later, I wrecked a dirt bike and I crushed my foot, had reconstructive surgery on that. A couple of weeks out or a couple, oh, it was a year after that, I separated my AC joint, had to have surgery, put it back together. Had a rough few years. And I kind of got to this point where I was like, man, I'm just going to accept the fact that I won't run, you know, that, you know, when I walk upstairs, I'll step with my good foot and then I wait and then I, you know, step with my other good foot again. And I, (laughs) and I kind of hobble with a limp and, you know, my shoulder just isn't what it used to be. And I kind of accepted that. And then I started following your page and then I was like, yeah, maybe I don't have a quad in this leg because <laughs> I've had, a you know, three foot surgeries. I've had two knee surgeries and I have a lot of atrophy and I'm like, maybe I could rebuild that strength, you know? So yeah, I started man. following your page and really dude, honestly, you were like the catalyst that pushed me. I mean, I was going to the gym, you know, doing chest and arms, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be, 
I don't want to be huge. I want to feel good. That's it. I want to wake up and I want to feel like when I get out of bed, like it doesn't take me a couple minutes to loosen up and to start moving, you know? Yeah. yeah. And your page and your exercises was the catalyst that got me to, to going to that, you know? So that's, that's why cool. I started following you. But then I was like, this is a happy freaking dude, right? I've been painting the picture. I'm like, yo, Ninja Warrior you know, uh, 53 mile runs through the canyons, Glacier National Park, hiking every day, the Rasta, the Rasta Ranch, yeah, man. you know, uh, the, the smiles, the happiness. Like I started like looking at you and I'm like, this dude is like a super happy, genuine, positive guy. And I'm like, that's why I got to get you on the podcast because I feel like, you know, watching your priorities and stuff and maybe I'm wrong. I'm reading into this, but I'll let you talk. I'll talk to it. But Seems like you have figured out like a really good, happy lifestyle. Yeah. I think that I think that it, it hasn't always been that way for sure. But I think that I've I've got clear after uh tragedy and loss and trauma on what is now important to me at this stage of my life. And this was something that before all of this happened that I I didn't even realize that it was necessary to, to have that kind of conversation because if I'm being completely honest with you, probably up until I was maybe 25, 26, like I don't, I can't remember ever really having much conscious thought why I do the things I do, why I think the way I think, what do I want out of life? I think that for the most part, it was me just kind of like living day to day or reaction to reaction or thing to thing. Um, because like, I guess I just re didn't really, I didn't really have those kinds of thoughts, but when I started getting clear on things that, you know, were most important to me and starting learning more about myself and things like uh, fancy word, emotional intelligence, and, you know, just learning more about those kinds of things, it, it kind of like led me down the path to get clear on what those things are. And I think that right now at 35, dude, I'm the happiest I've ever been, you know? And, and although I do have like moments where I'm down, like everybody else Everyone does, does. I, I feel like I've, I've done a good job in, in that area and getting clear on what's important to me now. Yeah. So yeah. kind of like my little back history, you know, Dave Sparks. Yeah. Um, we're best friends. And, uh, he hit me up and was like, Hey man, I want to start a podcast. And I do audiovisual, you know, on, on a production level for live events. Yeah. Well, he hit me up and he sent me this Amazon link of a bunch of junk he was going to buy. You know, it was yeah. just like the <laughs> the bundle deal for like yeah. $300 <laughs> to get you started. And I'm yeah. like, yo, if you're, if you're going to want to start a podcast on a high level, let me look into it. And that's how I started recording podcasts. But um, we, we met, I got all the, I bought all the equipment. I mean, I did, you know, a couple weeks of research, make sure we're recording right we show up and I'm expecting to talk about trucks, you know, yeah, or being wild and crazy. You know, I mean, you saw the, the truck reveal yesterday at FitCon, <laughs> you know, did. him almost rolling that thing and hitting cars. And yeah. I'm like, dude, what are we going to talk about? He's like personal development. Yes. And I'm like, what? Like what? Dave, come on, man. Let's, let's go light something on fire, blow something <laughs> up. Like this, right. what are we doing? Personal development. He's like, no, no, for real, man. Like that's what we're going to do. And he's like, I want you to be a, co I want you to be a co-host on there. I'm like, okay, but I don't know shit about personal development. Like, dude, I, I was the same way. I just floated through. I was happy. If I had a motorcycle, I'm good. Right. Yep. 
at the time we I just had all my injuries. I was pretty beat up. I was pretty banged up. I was eating McDonald's every day. Yeah. Um, I just was kind of just floating through life, you know. I made enough money. We were renting here because we'd sold our house in Draper, and then I wrecked and shattered my foot and was in between surgeries, so we just started renting here. It's like I wanted to move close to the canyon, but I didn't own it. It wasn't mine. And so we started going through his podcast, and I'm like, all right. He's like, he's like, hey, man, I'll like, you know, usually I'm making jokes. You heard me yesterday screaming out at <laughs> Give Dave. Give the onions, Dave. Yeah, just that, that's <laughs> that how I normally am, you know? That was so funny. But he was like, look, man, if we're going to do this, he's like, I want you to take it serious. I'm like, look, Dave, whatever we talk about on the show, I'm going to I'm gonna incorporate. I'm going to try it, and I'm going to do my best to live it. He's like, all right, cool. So I'm kind of like the dummy, the guinea pig on the show. I'm learning every episode, you know? Yeah. And since then, I've really changed my health around. I I don't think I could have, like, back in the day, I could never lift my leg like this. Wow. Uh, you know, on, like, a leg press because yeah. of my knee pain and stuff. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't leg press A45, you know. I was in really bad shape, and I didn't realize it. But through that process and, like, just like you said, you know, where you were, like, you just didn't really think about things. Excuse me. That's a Red Bull. Better out than in. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but uh, no, it was kind of like me waking up and thinking, you know, what? I'm doing okay. Like I've got a great wife, great family, you know, I'm making bills, but maybe I could do a little bit better, you know? And here I was, I'm like this guy, I like Harleys. I like dirt bikes. I like shooting guns. And we're talking about emotions and feelings and vision boards and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, wait, this isn't so weird. Uh-huh. And so that's actually like the purpose of this show. Like my audience is guys like me, you know, work hard, pay the bills, be a good dad. But it's like I want, I want to start talking about these things and we're working into things that will make us better, you know. And through that, you know, through like the, the principles I've been learning on his show, I'm like, yeah, dude. And since then, I put on the vision board. I wanted to own this house. Yep. This house. Yep. I didn't want to own another house in the Highland area. I own this house and I asked the renters, you know, for a year, I want to buy your house. No, not going to happen. What, what do you mean? I really want, no, we're sorry. We just don't want to sell. And I have it on my, my goal on my vision board that I would buy this house within a year, a month before this year came up, guess yeah. who called? And they're like, Hey, you know what? We reconsidered. We love your family. We think this is a perfect place for you guys. We're willing to sell. Well, how much can you afford? And I gave them my budget and I'm like, look, I don't want to insult you, but this is where I need to be at. And they were like, okay, great. Let's make it work. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to brag. And I, I hope that everyone listening, I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I'm this great guy and I'm doing good things. I'm an idiot. You know, <laughs> I'm the average Joe blow that, you know, has six weeks of college education. And I'm, I'm saying like these principles, like, talking about your emotions and working through things like it's okay for us men to do and it and it changes it can change your trajectory even if you think you're doing okay i promise you if you work on these things that you'll get better so with that being said what are some of the things that you have that you've done you know what i mean that maybe are a little bit more on the simple end of things that people can start working on right now whether that's health whether that's you know like your you know, your, your personal thoughts or what are some things that people can start working on that are immediately going to help them if they start incorporating? 
Well, if I think about like when, when I first started to go down this alternative way of living of like leaning more into like my, my emotions and my thoughts. And after I was going through everything, man, if I could take you back to October of 2013, just to give you a little bit of a backstory here. Yeah. Um, I lost somebody that was extremely close to me. It was my, my father figure, my coach, my football coach, my mentor. Um, I mean, this man was my best friend. And I went to visit him one day at his house. And, um, man, going back to that stuff. Um, I went to visit him one day at his house. And I was knocking at the door. And I, I he wasn't coming to the door. And I just figured, like, you know, by now it's 9 a.m. This, this guy should be up. He's an early morning guy. And I ended up having to break into the house because he wasn't answering, you know, and like my anxiety is high and, you know, I'm stressed out and I'm like going around the house, calling out for him, like trying to figure out where he's at. And I go downstairs into his room and he's in bed. I'm like, oh, sheesh. Okay, cool. So it's all good. So I, I uh, go over to the bed and I pull back the covers to wake him up and, and I find that, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's dead. And that was a really pivotal moment in my life because it took me from like being in a really good place with my family and my kid and my fiance to really spiraling me out of control. And in a short amount of time, uh, a lot of things happened to me in about six months. Um, and I, I gained 30 pounds, which for me being the, an athletic fit guy is a lot of weight. I stopped working out. I stopped caring about myself. Uh, I was fired from my job because I, I just couldn't lead a team of people anymore because I was just so messed up from that experience. Uh, I was engaged at the time. We, we called off the engagement because I was just being a, a, a shitty partner. You know, I wasn't being a good dad, which sucks to say out loud. Um Man, I racked up like $40,000 in credit card debt trying to trying to buy back my happiness. Racking up you know every dollar that I had on cards and spending all my cash buying trips to California to you know to going out to fancy dinners and buying things like all trying to just feel better about my situation. Now on top of that, my truck was totaled in a car accident. <laughs> it's like a like an old country song, man, like all yeah. at once. Yeah. So all of this stuff happened in a short amount of time. And I, and I realized when I moved out of the house with my, my kid and my fiance, I moved back in with my mom. And I had this moment where I was in the basement of my mom's house. I'm 27. The only boxes I have are the stupid stuff that I bought with all my credit cards. <laughs> and I just had this moment like, wow, this this is what everyone's talking about when it comes to rock bottom. This is what it feels like. And a few more months went by where I was like still at my mom's and still just trying to like figure out what I was supposed to do next, how I was going to dig myself out of this thing. And remember I'm 30 pounds overweight and I get a call one day and it's from my best friend. And he's like, Hey man, um, I got a guy that wants to work with a personal trainer. Do you want the job? Now, if you don't know this about me, prior to all of this happening, I had a personal training business in 2008. 
We all know what happened in 2008, right? Rough big, year. Rough year. Big recession. Things went crazy. A lot of people lost their homes, their jobs, their businesses, et cetera. I was one of those guys. So now it's 2013. I hadn't had a client in five years. And I'm 30 pounds overweight. I'm living at my mom's. My engagement was just called. Like I'm, I'm literally in the lowest point of my life. And this voice in my head was like, there's no way you're going to be able to do this. Look at you. You're fat. You're overweight. You're a wreck. But there's like this little, like, I don't know, glimmering, shiny voice in my heart that was like, go for it. And in that moment, I'm like, yes, sign me up. I want the job. Let's do this. And uh, I remember hanging up the phone with Ryan, my friend, and my anxiety is at this all-time high because, like, I had just committed to to changing somebody else's life while my own was still a disaster. <laughs> so it, it was it was a really pivotal point in my life because for the first time ever, I wasn't the fit guy. I wasn't the athletic guy that I had been known to be. And so I did something that I had never done before. I did not want to go to the gym because I didn't want to be seen as overweight. And so I knew that if I'm going to help this person regain control of, of his life, I need to have my own in control because if not, like that's just poor advertising, right? It's a bit hypocritical if I show up to the gym and I'm overweight. So I go to the mountains and I start running kind of running. I, I mean, I maybe did like, quarter mile right running in the hills and i'm like uh okay i guess i can't run so i'm gonna walk so i i did a little hiking for a little bit um totally broke me down being in the mountains broke me down no stamina no endurance i'm sweating like crazy no kind of fitness at all um but i realized like okay this is the path if this is what I'm struggling with right now, if I'm too embarrassed to go to the gym, at least I'm going to come back to the mountains. So at least I'm, I'm out here by myself. At least like I can just get fit doing this. So I kept showing up. I kept showing up. And every single day for the next two weeks, I would show up to the same stupid hill in the mountains. And I would just try to run as far as I could before I had to start walking. And slowly and surely I started going a little bit further and a little bit further until I was able to like finally summit that hill, that mountain. And, uh, you know, if anybody has ever been in a really low spot, it can be really challenging to get out of it. It can be really challenging to even do simple day to day things. And that's kind of where I was. So getting to the, the top of that mountain, that very first time after showing up for two weeks straight and not being able to, it was like, I had just, created a, a new lease on life like there's something here that makes me feel really good that I can I can relate the rest of my life to running in the mountains has been that thing that has made my life so much better so to answer that question I really think that one of the earliest things that you can do is you've got to start rebuilding that relationship that you have with nature and maybe you don't have access to the mountains. Maybe you don't have access to hills or to canyons like you do right here in your backyard. But I bet you have access to some grass, to the park, to some trees. I'm telling you, man, just being in the hills and being in nature like really kind of puts things into perspective for you. And it allows you to get out of your head and allows you to get away from those negative thoughts because there's something really special 
about trees and, and the mountains and rivers and streams and, and birds. And you know what I mean? Like, like all of that stimulus that we've become so disconnected from. And I think that if you can spend more time in nature or train in nature, move in nature, there's something real special there, man. So I would say like, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, if I were to heard you said that, I've been like, dude, you're kind of crazy. Like <laughs> this is hippie something stuff. <laughs> to connect with nature, like being in trees, like, yeah, I like being outside, but no, now I can tell you like, and, and you know, I've never been good at meditating and mm. I've, I've described it this way. Like I am not good at meditating and controlling my thoughts. So my form of meditation is American Fork Canyon on a dirt bike, mm. navigating trails on the side of cliffs, through trees, through meadows. And it completely just, uh, kills any thought in my brain. Absolutely. The only thing that I'm really focusing on is getting through there without crashing, hurting myself, but then also just like the environment that you're in, you know what I mean? does something to me where when I come back to the truck, it's a lot of times I go up there, I have super bad days, you know, I've, I've had no work or I've had too much work or things are going on. And I'm just, my wife will even tell me, she calls my bike, my therapist, you know? <laughs> so she's like, you need to go see your therapist. So when I come off the mountain, when I come out of American Fork, I'm renewed and I feel better and I'm way more focused. And I almost look at that as like my meditation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, in, in Japan, there's this practice that uh, is called Shinrin Yoku. And it's a, it's a Japanese word that literally translates to forest bathing. And in Japan, people will go to the forest prescribed by their doctors and studies have shown that it reduces depression, stress, anxiety, negative thinking, overwhelm, all of these different things by just being in nature. And uh, I, I just think that if you have the opportunity, man, there's something there that, that we're missing out on. Yeah. Uh, again, also, um, so we talked about on the Heavy Checklist podcast with Dave, ice baths. Oh, yeah. And so Dave has this really big tub, and they fill it with ice, and they sit in it. And, you know, I was obviously committed to the show, and I promised that I would uh, practice everything we talked about. But I was also too dang cheap. And it was just <laughs> during a time where I didn't have a lot of money to go buy a big tub and to buy bags of ice and to do the ice bath. So still snow in the mountains. I'm like, well, the mountains are, you know, five minutes from my house so i would go up to tibble fork at this point there was still snow on the ground and dude i, I i'm gonna tag you in one of the pictures i put up but i sat in this lake this little lake you know yeah. where it the only part that wasn't frozen was right where the stream was running into it right yeah yeah and so we're sitting in this and once i could control my breathing like I got to the point where it'd be after 10 seconds. I would get in, hold my breath, and I wouldn't breathe until I can control it. And I would, and then I look around and I'm just looking at the mountains. And there's this peak that like kind of comes up between these other peaks. And the sun just hits it right when we're going in the morning. And I was just like, why would I ever sit in a plastic tub <laughs> in my backyard yes. when I could do this? Yes. And, and, it sounds weird, like some guys, like you know, I would be the guy to be like, dude, you're weird. What are you talking about? But there is something that that 
mentally recharges me by sitting in a lake that's frozen in the mountains with all the beauty around you. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. I mean, again, like that's where we started, you know? And, and I think that maybe this sounds crazy to think, but I believe that, uh, you know, we still have like some of those, those, those neurons or those wires that, uh, have just been dormant in our bodies since, you know, humans came to be after we kind of migrated out of the forest and nature and into cities and concrete, like there was a lot of those, those neurons that kind of just been hanging out and just waiting to, to get fired back up, you know? And so that's probably some of the things that you were experiencing in at Rasta yeah. ranch, man, we've got, uh, we're, we're blessed enough to have this body of water that flows right through the ranch. And I do the same thing. I don't have a tub either, I, but I'll go, I'll go down the property to the lower end and I'll just hop in the Creek and, just sit there and it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Ross ranch, how many acres are you on? So I'm on seven right now. Wow. There are an additional three acres that border my seven that I'm in the process of acquiring right now. So total should be 10 acres here pretty soon. Pretty freaking awesome. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. yeah. And that's been a labor of love in itself. You know, I, what I love about Rasta ranch is, is not only the fact that I'm 30 minutes from the nearest pavement, but like, I train in the mountains. I get recharged in the mountains when I'm out running or up in Glacier Park or whatever. And then I come home to the mountains. <laughs> and like, I just, I, I can't imagine it being any different right now. I'm literally, if I'm not, if I'm not out traveling or if I'm not here with you or whatever, I'm in the mountains all the time. And it's hard to not be happy when you're in nature. Yeah. I, uh, I've learned a while ago that money isn't everything to me. Yeah. It is lifestyle. Yeah. Um, number one, I learned a long time ago, like my dad, my dad was a hard worker construction. You know, I learned my work ethic from him. Like I'll outwork anybody. I'll put in the hours. I'm better than nobody. If someone, you know, needs a, a mop up after something, like I'll be the first one to pick up a mop. Yep. I'll grab a broom. Like my dad really taught me a lot of things, but I also met a guy when I moved to Utah, started working for a motorcycle shop named Rich Eggett. Um, I learned that lifestyle, you know, working hard was important and being the hardest worker but also working very smart so you can have the lifestyle you want, right? Yeah, man. Um, Rich constantly was being like, hey, man, I got a jet. Uh, my kid's got a soccer game. I got to go handle it. And I'm like, all right, cool. See ya. Hey, man, I'll, I'm taking the family to Disneyland this weekend. Spur the moment trip, dude. We're out. Good luck with everything. You guys hold the fort down. I'm like, huh. Wow, he's successful, but he's also present with his kids. He's doing things that are fun all the time. And so for me, like... I could make millions, and I say this, right? If I wanted to be a millionaire next year, I could figure it out. Of course. But I do not want to dedicate the time that it's going to take to do that. I'm very comfortable with my lifestyle and being at my kids' soccer games, motocross races, dance recitals, um, dropping them off at sewing class, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, taking them hiking up American Fork Canyon, you know, swimming at Temple Fork and my goal now is lifestyle based and it's to make enough money that I can continue to do the fun things we want to, but that I can be present and that I can enjoy and that I can be in the mountains and I can be with my family. And I think that I've seen that in you too. It's like the lifestyle is way out far or way outweighs the 
financial side. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. For sure. And I, th- I think that, you know, going back to Rastafari a little bit, um, it, it's always been about that. It's always been like the, the family element, the, the, the freedom element, the, the nature element over material and, and money, you know, and I think that there can be a balance between the two, which is a line that I continue to try to identify. Like, um, what's most important to me right now is freedom is being able to kick it with you on Sunday. You know, appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's not having to worry about going back to Montana and needing to be somewhere tomorrow morning. Um, but also at the same time being able to support my family and to be able to have these experiences. Um, lifestyle is very, very important to me too, you know, and and cool balance there that, uh, that I'm still trying to identify. And I don't want to throw this out there. Like, you know, to everybody out there grinding and working hard. Yeah. Look, I just put in. 60 hours in the past four days like i still i still don't have it completely figured out and if you're in a position in life where you got to work to support your family dude there's nothing more honorable absolutely there's nothing there's no bigger flex than being a dad that takes care of business that puts a roof over your you know family's head that puts food on the table and you got you do whatever you got to do to provide you know but i am telling you if you do change your mindset a little bit and if you work a little bit more smarter and you pursue that and you want to go on more vacations, if you want to have, you know, more days off or more time that if you put your mind to it, if you throw it on that vision board and you're working towards it, that you can definitely accomplish that as well. No doubt. You know, and, and something you asked me a minute ago, like what are some things that men can do right now or people can do to, to start like getting closer to that in 2016? Um, I wrote this long letter to myself, this I mean, at the, at the time that I wrote this, I was kind of like going through some changes emotionally and mentally after things that happened when I you know lost my coach. And I wrote this long letter, and I, or I wrote it to myself, and I just remember it being titled Dear Dan. And in that letter, I wrote about all of the things that I wanted to be able to do, the things that I wanted to have in my life, the things that uh, that were important to me and what they were going to be over the next few years. And one of those things is that, you know, I want to live in the mountains. I want to be able to, to uh, have a, a, a big log archway. I remember writing that. I want an archway, like a log archway that goes down into my property. You With know? a big giant rock that says, you know, the ranch on there. <laughs> Welcome to restaurant. You know, something like that. I want that. Yeah. And it took me, it took me four years, but I finally was able to make that happen. So I think that a, a practical step here is man you got to spend some time getting clear on what it is that's important to you and and writing out the letter as silly as it may seem writing out that letter made it real for me because i can be accountable to me 100 percent of the time i don't need i don't need much external to to get me to do stuff so when i write something to me that's like just as much as me telling you that i'm going to be at your house on sunday Um, and so having that letter in place, man, was so helpful for me because I knew what I wanted. It was on paper. So not only did I just think it, but I was able to write it. I was able to read it. I was able to speak it. And so every one of those layers, it just became so much more ingrained into my motivation as to what I was working towards. I think that that is going to be the title of this podcast. (laughs) 
write the letter <laughs> write the letter man write the letter yep absolutely write the letter and I, I and i'm in a pretty good spot where i'm i'm man there's not a lot of more wants other than seeing my kids be successful and but i i think i need to identify a few more things to push yep so i personally am going to write a letter to myself and if you're listening, I think that that's kind of like the challenge of the takeaway from this show. Well, obviously, it's funny, man, because I had this idea of what we were going to talk about. And I'm like, man, this is what we're going to talk about. And we just kind of navigated <laughs> this way. And it, and it just was so natural. And it, it just went perfect. But get out in nature. Yeah. And write the letter. That's it, man. That's the takeaways from this episode. We, we need to just keep it simple. You know, yeah. like there, there's so many different tools and ideas and things that you can do. But, but if you think about where you started as a human, you, you started very simply. And a lot of times we overthink. I know I do. If you can keep it simple, you can keep it clear. And if it's simple, if it's clear, then it's so much easier to be able to take action on those things. Yeah. And that that's really what worked for me, I think over the years. Dude, we've talked in passing. We've had a few conversations, man. But uh, today, today meant a lot, dude. I can't say thank you enough. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming to my home. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, you've had a long weekend. You've been in the sun for the past, <laughs> you know, three days. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know that the people listening are definitely going to appreciate this episode. So get out in nature whether that be at a park with some grass under your feet or if you're lucky enough to be somewhere, which most people, I think you can find something in your area. Get out in nature and then write yourself a letter, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you want? What are you going to do? How are you going to get there? Write your letter and be very specific and detailed um, and write it out to yourself and start working at it. That's it, man. Absolutely. You're a stud, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And, well. uh, if you are on Instagram and you're not following the Rasta Runner, it's just <laughs> at Rasta Runner, right? At Rasta Runner, and then there's an underscore there as well. But uh, got it. Yeah, send me a message, man. Let me know what you thought. If you have questions, um, I'm, I'm one of those guys that answers everything. So I was super taken back the first time that you responded to me. I was yeah. like, wait, wait, did this dude <laughs> actually writes back? You know? Well, you know. Platforms like Instagram and social media, uh, it's it's about connection, right? Yeah. You know? And so I, I think that uh, that's important to me as well. So yeah, send me a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And again, um, if you're trying to get in shape, like I used to think that I just wanted to be shredded and like the end goal was to be jacked. And I don't want that anymore. I want to feel good. And, and honestly, getting up out of a chair is different nowadays. It doesn't hurt anymore. Um, bending over and doing a squat, like I could never do squats yeah that doesn't hurt anymore my body feels good i don't look look i'm a dad right i got <laughs> i'm trying hard and it may, maybe eventually i'll look a little bit better but my body feels so good and if you're trying to work to that i think you maybe need to change up how you're training a little bit if you follow dan's page uh there's a lot of like um very specific like based training um exercises for different parts right yeah definitely so you know i would say 97 98 percent of the movements that you see on my page are all ones that i've created and i think that what makes these movements unique is that they are all core and stability based there's not one move that you'll see on my feed that doesn't have some element of core in it 
or single leg stability or range of motion. Um, my goal is, is I want to be able to wake up and I want to be able to move and do whatever I need to do without even having to think twice. Like if I need to jump from rock to rock in the mountains, I don't even have to think about it. I just know that I have the stability and the awareness with my body to be able to do that on command. So I think that one thing that we, we tend to get away from is, you know, everyone is an athlete here. We all have those capabilities. And I think that no matter what your profession is, whether you're a podcast host or you're uh, you know, just a dad working a, a, a traditional nine to five, taking care of his family, treat your body like an athlete would train like an athlete would. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have better stamina, better endurance, and you're going to be able to keep up with the kids for a longer amount of time if you train that way. And don't accept, like I did at one point in my life, that that's just the way it was. Like, look, I've had a bad luck and, yeah, you know, I've you know, got atrophy in my, in my knee and my, in my, uh, quad. It's just the way it is. I think if you change your mentality and that's what I did, I'm an athlete, you know, Yes. I've been boxing, riding a motorcycle takes a lot of, 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 uh, strength, you know, and I've been training like that and I've been eating like that and I've been taking care of my body and like, this is my biggest asset right now. Right. Definitely. If I don't take care of myself, I can't work. I can't provide, I can't, you know, keep paying to, live here this place that i think is paradise you know so thank you dan absolutely follow him on instagram reach out and uh, we will catch you on the next episode of the changing pace podcast